Learn to hustle and get what you want with Eamon Abdullah. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by the people who matter to you. If you want to make awesome connections, build strong relationships and get what you want in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hello there and welcome back to the show. My name is Christina Cantors and today I am very excited to introduce you to the most innovative hustler I know, my friend Eamon Abdullah. Today we're talking about how to get what you want, whether it's an awesome job, an internship, a high-profile mentor, anything, anything you want. And it's all about hustle, hard work and giving before you take. Now, Eamon uses specific strategies to score jobs, even if he doesn't have any experience, and he shares what he's done in the past and how you can do it too. He used these strategies to help him get his current job in business development at AppSumo. Now, just FYI, he wasn't at AppSumo when we did this interview, which is why we don't talk about it, just so you know. Eamon is also super passionate about helping others with their own professional and personal development, and he does this through his blog at brokerchange.org. If you want to connect with Eamon and grab the show notes and links mentioned in this episode, head on over to thecmethod.com slash Eamon. That's Eamon spelled A-Y-M-A-N. Alrighty, so let's get straight into the interview with Eamon Abdullah. Enjoy. Christina, what's going on? Oh, you know, not much. How are you, Eamon? Doing well, doing well. Just kind of hanging out. Hey, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. I want to pick your brain, man. Absolutely. Like, I want to know all your secrets. I feel like this has been a long time coming. I feel yeah, like we for sure. sort of did two or three schedulings and just kept getting pushed around. <laughs> so we were going to do it in person. Now we're going to do it here. So glad we're doing it in uh, in a parking lot in Seattle. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. I'm in a large house out in Melbourne, suburbia. Awesome. Well, yeah, Cro- I mean, because we met, we met at the, the DC, DCBKK conference. And I remember you got up on stage and you shared this incredible story of how you reached out to a well-known online business person and you got them to be your mentor. Could you just share that story? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I remember reading Charlie's uh, book, The Recession Proof Graduate, which just changed my life. It really opened up the possibilities to reach out to people that you don't know. So if you don't know Charlie's story, he actually reached out to Tim Ferriss and Ramit Sethi, and he ended up working with these huge New York Times bestselling authors. And I'm like, you know what, why not me? So I actually reached out to one of my mentors, one of my uh, idols, and I reached out to him and uh, I actually friend requested him and he approved and I was sitting there for a couple of weeks with him as my friend, just uh, wondering, hey, how do I reach out to this person? How do I message them? And one day I just randomly messaged him like, hey, I want to work for you for free. I see you have a, a book coming up. Here are a couple of things that I can do. I'm going to start working on it. And I'll give you an update in two weeks. And obviously with Facebook, they send you a read, a read receipt, tells you that he read it, but he didn't respond. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, 
that's odd. But regardless, I ended up doing the work and ended up continuing to do the hang work. On, hang on, hang on. I sent so it you, to him. You just did it anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, because that was that was the point of my original email. You have to realize that when someone is at that level, when someone is a sort of semi-celebrity or demi-celebrity on the internet space, they're getting hundreds, if not thousands of messages every week. And a lot of times they just don't have time to respond. And so what I do is I craft my emails in that, in such a way that response is not necessary. I'm going to take an action anyway. And so the email was crafted in, and we can actually put it in the show notes. I can actually give you the exact template of email that oh, I sent perfect. out, but it gives the point. It get it basically says I'm going to do this anyway, barring any objection. Uh, I will respond back to you in two weeks with the work, and so it gives them the opportunity to chime in and sort of give you direction. But it doesn't seem weird when you come back two weeks later with the work completed, and that's the key. Is because when you when people send out an email and they expect a response and they don't get one, uh, they get to, they tend to be disheartened. And honestly, what I've seen is it. it Sometimes takes two, three, four, five, and in my case, uh, over a dozen emails before I get a response. And so I was actually sending him work for several weeks, several months, showing him that I was committed and uh, seeing the, rece the read receipts. And then one day he ended up just emailing me back and saying, or uh, messaging me back on Facebook. He's like, here's my number. Give me a call. Let's talk. Wow. And so that was, that was a game changer for me because this is someone that I admire and he was willing to jump on the on the phone with me, which I know he charges like several hundred dollars just to to jump on the phone with. So this guy is, you know, willing to spend time with me. We ended up spending a couple hours talking about me, talking about him, how I can help him out, how he can help me out. And it's just been a, a very fruitful relationship since then. Hang on. So how long exactly did you send him stuff for? For for months? Yeah, for months. I mean, I would tell him, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this work. Um, now that I've completed this, let me know uh, if any feedback. If not, I'm going to start working on X, Y, and Z." And so I would start working on other projects. I was just doing a whole bunch of different things that I knew would be relevant. And we actually ended up using a lot of them. Wow! Um, so it didn't end up just going to waste. He was actually he actually just reaching out to me. The reason he didn't respond is just he was busy. He was seeing these messages on his phone. He's seeing these messages. Uh, in the midst of the hundreds of emails he's getting. And he's, he was in, in the midst of a book launch. And so he just didn't have time. And luckily one day when I messaged him with work, he was in a position where he could respond and he shot me back his, his personal phone number. And we've been friends ever since. That is amazing. And what was the, what was yeah. the number one thing you learned from that experience? Um, you know, that everyone's human, right? And that everyone is, uh, more than willing to help out people that are willing to put in the work. There are too many people that go out there and they go, Hey, I just want to pick your brain. And they're, they take all they take and they take as much information as they can. And they never actually implement the information. And the original person that was giving that advice never gets to see the reward, never gets to see that, Hey, the 30 minute coffee that we had actually was worth my time. And too many people go out there and all they do is try to take and take and take and they never actually give back. And so when you're able to show, hey, I'm not only willing to take advice, but I'm willing to implement it and I will respond two weeks later with 
what I have done based on the advice you've given me, you have now put yourself in a much different situation than 98% of the other people out there. Because so many people will just email a mentor, email someone out, they'll ask for advice and then they'll say thanks and then they will go radio silent. And then a year, two years down the line, they'll, ran, they'll run into them randomly and say, oh yeah, by the way, thanks a lot for that advice. When they could have been easily cultivating that relationship and saying, hey, I did X, Y, Z. Now my next three, four, six month plan is going to do X. Let me know if there's anything else that I should be looking at. Let me know if there's something that would actually accelerate my growth. That's really interesting what you're saying about that. And I wanted to ask you, there's something I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think that people focus too much on the immediate gain when they ask someone for advice rather than, you know, the, the longer term relationship that this could turn into? Yeah, I think uh, so. We were in DCBKK, which is uh, an excellent yearly conference in Bangkok. And I think that Benny Lewis actually mentioned this on stage and that he was interacting with Tim Ferriss, like one of his idols, and he, even someone of Benny Lewis's status, right? 500,000 monthly views on his website. I mean, this guy's uh, an absolute juggernaut in, in the foreign language space. And even someone like him who has so much to offer, someone like Tim Ferriss, was reaching out to Tim Ferriss with the only intention of helping Tim. And what he was doing was he was helping him learn uh, Tagalog, which is uh, the, the language the language of Thailand, and he was helping him learn it for a TV show. And so he reached out to him 100% with the intention of just helping Tim. And I think uh, after that, he continued to help him. He continued to help him in different avenues. And it wasn't only it was only after like several months of Benny helping Tim did he finally go, hey. Tim, by the way, I'm launching a book. Do you mind if I guest post a blog, um, guest post on your blog? And of course, Tim says yes. And so I, I think your, to your question, are people too short-sighted? I think it's not necessarily that people are too short-sighted, but they're willing. They're not willing to give before they take. They immediately shoot off an email and they go, hey, I need yeah. advice. And instead of saying, how can I help this individual to show that I'm different than all the hundreds of other emails. And that to me has shown a much higher response rate. Like every time I've sent out an email and I go, hey, can I pick your brain? Or hey, can I meet for coffee? Or hey, can I meet for lunch? I have 100% been shot down. But every time I've taken the approach of let me go with the intention of helping this person, it has always turned into a relationship that's that's been what fruitful. What about if, so say someone has an idol that they really want to reach out to, they want to connect with them, but they're not sure what they can actually offer or help them with. Like, for example, if I'm to reach out to Tim Ferriss, I admire him so much, but I, I don't honestly don't know what I could help him with. You know, how does, how does someone go about figuring out yep. how to help someone? It's an honest assessment of your own individual skills. Maybe you just can't help Tim. You're not at that level yet. And so you may need to help someone that is a little bit lower and working their way up to Tim Ferriss status, right? And so you can go and reach out to an individual at maybe the five to 10,000 user mark versus Tim Ferriss is at the million dollar user mark. And so you can go to someone at that, at that level and help them out building their community, helping them craft their autoresponder campaign, helping them, helping them manage their comments, helping them manage their Facebook fan page. There are a million things that you can do 
simply by looking at the Tim Ferrisses of the world, looking at the elites and saying, if we were to do an audit of this this individual at the 10,000 person level, what can we do to get him to that Tim Ferriss level? And so looking at the gaps between the two will give you a wealth of things that this individual can do that you can help out with. And so as for your own individual skills, I can't tell you what you can help them out with, whatever you are an expert at, whether that be finance, whether that be marketing, whatever your own personal branding is, that's something that you can go and reach out to the individual and say, hey, I do design work. I noticed that some of your blog posts would be much better if they had infographics and visuals. I noticed these three are your most popular blog posts. Here are three infographics I created that you can use and share across your blog. And I've noticed that infographics are, have much higher virality rates than blog posts. And if you send them an email like that, do you not think they're going to respond and say, hey, yeah. can we do this for more? And do you think they're not they're not going to respond and say, hey, how can I hire your services? Or let's say you're a video editor. How many people need uh, a lot of their top content converted into video? Or maybe they need their top blog posts converted into presentations that they can share on SlideShare. I mean, there's just... Oh, that's so easy to do. You can just go and grab their content. Exactly. It's already out there. And so you're taking some of their top existing content, you're demonstrating your value and you're showing your skills and saying, hey, I love this blog post. I think that it would be an excellent presentation. I actually redid it and I uploaded it on SlideShare. I'd be happy to send you the hard copy. Wow. That and that that is amazing because I'm, I'm thinking, wow, if someone did that for me and said, right. hey, I just went out of my way to help you with something that you don't like doing, you're not you're not very good at, you know, we're not saying you're not very good at it, but, you know, I noticed you could do a lot better with, with this aspect. Exactly. Here, I've already done it for you. Exactly. And then I don't even have to say, like, because if, even if someone writes to you and says, oh, is there anything I can help you with? It's like, well, yeah, but then I have to go out of my way to write down what I need help with, you know. Exactly. But by going and doing the work beforehand... Oh, that just that just reminds me of something. You know what I did? What's that? So, at, again, the, we're talking about the the conference a lot, but at DCBKK, Peter Shankman spoke. Yes. And I noticed that his slides were pretty average. Yep. And he actually said, "Oh, I did these slides on the." He said, "Forgive me, I did these slides on the plane on the way over." Mm -hmm. And I messaged him on Facebook afterwards, and I said, "Hey, Peter, uh, I noticed that." I mean, you said that you, you did your slides in a rush. You know, I, I said, I'm, I'm pretty good at designing slides. Um, I'm more than happy to, to help you out with that. And he actually wrote back and he said, yeah, that would be, you know, a lot of help. I'd love help with this. Wow. And, and, I, and that, but the thing is, you know what I did? I, I kind of left it because I thought, oh, do I wait for him to then let me know when he's doing another presentation? Yeah, but exactly. From what you've just told me, now I've realized, you know, I should go and Maybe he's uploaded some of those slides somewhere online. Yes, exactly. You know, and I should go and take them and redo them and then send it to him and go, hey, next time you give this presentation, you've got a whole new set of slides. There you go. And you know what? He's got a template that he can end up copying and pasting some of the slides. And that would be, I mean, a huge help. And Peter Shankman, I mean, his presentation was fantastic. He's more of a... Um, more of an auditory speaker rather than someone that relies on his visuals. Yes. But when you can, when you can give him like your personal branding on the visuals and you can elevate his speech to a whole nother level. I mean, that's value that's just above and beyond. And for those of you that don't know Peter Shankman, I mean, he's the one that designed and created helperreporterout.com. 
I mean, he's got over 100,000 people following him on Twitter, and he's verified. I mean, this guy is, you know, as like a, a demi-celebrity in the Internet space. And you have got, got a direct line in terms of how you can help him out. Yeah. And you should totally take advantage of that opportunity. All right. That's going to be my challenge, Eamon. I'm going to set right. myself that challenge. I'm this looking week. forward to seeing the slides. <laughs> Slide representation from Christina. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I noticed that we're, we're, we're already jumping ahead to the mentorship. Sometimes we need a maybe we don't even know like what type of mentor we want. Maybe we don't even know what type of career we want. Maybe we don't even know what industry we want to get into. And so like one of the main things that I, I advocate is, is dating your career before you marry it. And basically what that means is sometimes people just don't know what their passion is and they jump into careers and they jump into graduate schools for industries they don't even like. And so I don't want people to go out there and spend too much time reaching out to mentors if they're not even sure that this is the industry they love. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought this up. Thank you. You did write an amazing blog post on this on your site, brokerchange.org, which of course I will link to. But yes, can you tell us more about that? I'm a, yeah, I'm a big believer that you should have 30 jobs before you reach 30. And that, that doesn't mean in traditional 30, like traditional jobs where it's full time working two to three years. That means that you are shadowing somebody, that you are reaching out to them, you're finding out about the career before you invest four or five years in graduate school or reaching out and getting into debt to actually penetrate that career. And so that doesn't matter what your passion is. You should reach out and find out maybe you want to be an accountant, a lawyer, an architect, a doctor, a public speaker, a full-time author, whatever type of job you think would be your ideal career. Sometimes we have a mentality of thinking the grass is greener on the other side and that fantasy is always much different than reality. And so I remember I wanted to be a lawyer. And before I invested three years and almost $200,000 in student loan debt, I'm like, maybe I should reach out to some lawyer friends. And so I actually reached out to a lawyer friend and said, hey, can I shadow you? And so I spent a couple of days shadowing them. And I ended up realizing things are much different in a law firm than what I had originally, originally thought. And I immediately knew just in those three days that I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore. And th those three days saved me three years and $200,000. <laughs> And so I feel like people sometimes just jump directly into a career before creating what I call fake internships. And so I'll actually send, I'll, I'll put in the show notes, some of my email templates that I advocate using to reach out to either your existing network or your secondary network and say, Hey, I'm interested in this career. Do you mind if I swing by and shadow? And when you do that, most people, I'll, I'll, you just send out 10 emails you may get two to three responses, which may end up turning into one shadow opportunity. And you show up on that shadow opportunity ready to do work. You show up dressed to impress and you show up with resumes. And I actually did this at a digital advertising firm. I was like, I don't know anything about advertising. I don't know anything about marketing. And so I ended up showing up to this digital advertising firm dressed to impress with my resume. And I was simply getting a shadow tour around the, the facility. I ended up meeting the CEO, shaking his hand, and he asked... Um, Hey, I ended up impressing him and he ended up asking, Hey, do you want an internship? And I go, absolutely. And, and you have to, you have to realize, Christina, there wasn't an internship being advertised. This guy simply just didn't have one. They, they have never had an intern before, but simply because I showed up, I, sh I showed up ready to work. I had my resume in hand and I talked to the individual about my interests. He's like, we can definitely have you come on as an intern. And I ended up working there for the next couple of months. I ended up working on excellent clients like Mozilla Firefox and um, LexisDrivers.com and uh, a couple other really exciting companies. I'm learning a lot. And I, I 
basically created a fake internship by myself. And so I advocate this to everyone that I talk to is go out there and create some fake internships. Did you think you're that, learn- did, you, did you figure that out yourself? Or did someone suggest that to you? Or did you just come up uh, with this idea all on your own? I feel like I, 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 there's nothing of me that's original. I'm trying to think, cause this is like, this has been like eight years ago. And I'm trying to think, is there a blog post or an article that I read that, that advocates doing this? And I'm wondering, I know that, that Charlie recommends in his, um, recession proof graduate is reaching out to people and, and getting and trying to do free work. And, but his, his mentality is use free work to get incredible jobs. Whereas my, my mentality is use free work to find out what your passion is. Yeah. And so I, I feel like it's just a conglomeration of ideas. So, Eamon, I know that you are a master of getting jobs, even when the odds may be stacked against you. Can you tell me about the job that you are most proud of getting? Um, but I think that the most proud job is current. My current job is actually uh, where I work right now is at Microsoft. And I actually was selected as one of 14 students for a finance rotation program where you spend six months in different parts of the company. And I remember I was competing against people from Ivy League schools, and I went to a school that, you know, isn't even top 150. And so, you know, sitting in the, that interview room was pretty intimidating. But at the end of the day, it ended up just being me and two other two other people uh, getting called into the final interview. And then a couple of weeks later, I ended up getting the the job offer. And so that was uh, really exciting, something that I'm really proud of. And it shows that you don't necessarily need just the credentials and that people are looking for more than simply what's on your resume to get a job. And I know we talked a little bit earlier about fake internships, but also creating companies. Uh, we, we live in an entrepreneurial circle, you and I, and a lot of people that are maybe going the traditional career route, which is what we did where I went through accounting and you went through architecture, simply don't think about starting a business when they're in college or simply don't think about starting a business when they're in high school. But the amount of skills that you can learn when you do that translates incredibly well to the real world. And when you are sitting across the hall from someone that's graduating Ivy League and has all the credentials, but you are running a six-figure company out of your dorm room, who do you think is going to get the job? And that's really where you can set yourself apart. So for the people out there who are thinking, yeah, but I don't want to run my own business. I'm, you know, I wanted, I'm happy working for someone else. You know, what, like, what exactly are the skills that translate from starting something on your own? And I mean, does it even have to be like a successful business? Yeah, it's a good, it's, it's actually a really good question, Christina. I think it, it sort of talks a little bit to our current culture where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. So for that individual is like, I don't want to run my own business. I think that's very astute and someone that has been very self-reflective because it is not a hundred percent glamorous running your own business. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of late hours. There's a lot of Friday and Saturday nights spent at home talking to your employees in Southeast Asia. Whereas if someone was like, I simply don't want to do that. There are a multitude of things that will set you apart from other candidates, whether that's volunteering experience, whether that's getting involved in clubs and organizations and getting leadership experience, whether that is being a mentor. I was a mentor for the Boys and Girls Club, which is uh, you basically be a mentor for someone that's an underprivileged youth. 
But there are a multitude of things that show I am not simply a student. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, earlier. I talk about this a little bit in the blog post, but school has school was designed for a world where people simply needed factory workers. They needed someone to show up on time, change stations on the whistle and work an assembly line. And that does not translate to the information age we live in. And so if you are able to show that you have been able to break that mold and you are more than an assembly line worker, but you are someone that's uh, a proactive individual, someone that's willing to go out and do the people skills, be active in your community, start a business, or simply just do above and beyond your schoolwork, suddenly your GPA takes a back seat to all of your extracurricular activities. But more importantly, you become a person that has years of experience more than the person next to you. And so people will end up talking to you like, I thought you were a seasoned veteran as opposed to a fresh graduate because of the way you talk and because of all the experiences you have. And so you're able to sort of create a multitude of years of experience in the four years you spend in college and however many years you spend in high school. So even something like starting a blog or a podcast or a video channel would contribute to that, right? Because it's showing that you're you're proactive and you're passionate about something and you're willing to put in the work to... Oh, completely. I mean, there are a million examples that show that a blog has been able to translate into success, that creating a YouTube channel has been able to translate into success. And if you want to talk about just sort of creating your own serendipity, if you take a look at the, uh, there's an individual, we could, uh, we could probably splice his name in later. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. He actually go, went out and he created his own YouTube channel. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for an agent to book me and cast me in a movie or a TV show. I know I have talent. I enjoy acting and I enjoy writing comedy scripts. And so him and his roommate out of their dorm room in college decided, you know what? I'm going to go and make my own funny videos. And so they started doing it. Obviously, they started small and it was just their friends, but it was clear they had talent. And when you, it's clear you have talent and it's clear you have passion, things go viral. You know, we live in an internet age where nothing is underground anymore. Everything is discoverable within two clicks. You can no longer be a CD Austin band that no one knows about. Because if you are good, someone in Australia is going to find out about you. And so these people did that. And you know what ended up happening? They ended up becoming incredibly viral. They ended up exploding into the scene. They had millions of views. And this guy, his name is Jimmy Tetro. He was actually cast as the lead villain in, he's like, oh, Jump Street, right? 20, oh, 22, 22 Jump Street. Yes, 22 Jump Street. And so he's working wow. across from huge celebrities, and he is the lead villain in that movie, all because of a YouTube channel he started a couple years ago in his dorm room. He didn't wait for anyone to give him permission. He went out and did it himself, and now he's, he's a certified movie star. He's a blockbuster villain. You know, I was speaking to my sister the other day, and she does a – a morning show for Falls Creek, which is a ski resort in Australia, and she's created yes, a whole YouTube I remember channel. That. Yeah, and she's doing really well with it. And mm -hmm. she loves snowboarding, but she doesn't want to be a professional snowboarder. Originally, she was like, "Well, it'd be cool to be a professional snowboarder because then I can snowboard and have make movies of myself snowboarding." Right. But the cool thing is, she's actually doing that right now 
without even and she, she's realized that she doesn't have to be a professional snowboarder to make movies of herself snowboarding so that's, that's what exactly she's doing right. right now yeah that's exactly right christina and so it's really about just creating your own serendipity and so she thought she wants to be a professional snowboarder or she thought that she wants to be paid to make snowboarding videos and so she decided you know what i'm actually just going to go out and do it myself and because it She's able to show her passion. I've watched some of her videos. They're fantastic. You should put them in the show notes. I definitely um, will. Yeah, they're really, really cool. So she actually is like, you know what? I'm going to go and create my own serendipity. I'm going to go and do this. And if I get discovered, great. If I don't, I don't care because I'm having a great time. This is the world we live in where no one needs to wait for someone to give you an opportunity. No one needs to wait for someone to give you permission to do things. If you are passionate about it, you can open up a YouTube channel. You can open up a blog. You can start writing your own book and get published on Kindle. No one has to give you permission to do whatever your dream is. And if it's good, you're going you're gonna to get be successful regardless. Eamon, I think you've just inspired every single listener out there. Thank you so much. That is just amazing. Hey, if people want to read your writing and and get more inspiration from you, where where can they find you? Where's the best place? Yeah, Yeah, they can find me on on brokerchange.org, B-R-O-K-E-R-C-H-A-N-G-E.org. And um, I also tweet a lot. So if people want to follow me there, I'll be more than happy to uh, share cool articles and uh, other cool blog posts that I find. Sure. And Eamon also blogs about how to about personal finance as well and how to get out of debt and other really important things like that. So I definitely recommend that you go check out his site. Awesome. Christina, right. it was great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely. Looking forward to future episodes. <laughs> Take care. How good is Eamon? If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tweet him and let him know. You can find his contact details and links to everything we talked about in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash amen, A-Y-M-A-N. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you spending some time with me today and listening to my rendition of Sublime's Santeria on the ukulele. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you next time. My name is Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Rock on!